If a Christian doesn't pray about heaven, that's a remarkable lack. Who ever heard of exiles not thinking about home? Now, I said, that's exactly what the rosary is. We are in a new moment of time and a new moment of space. So we keep saying to our Lord and to the Blessed Mother, I love you, I love you. That's the Holy Rosary. That's the Catholic faith. The whole Catholic faith is in it. Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. We are on a Friday here, and we've got a Requiem prayer for Marilyn, uh, who is uh, a relative of one of our listeners, who is remaining nameless, who passed away recently uh, in good standing with the Catholic Church. Uh, and uh, we want to pray for her eternal soul and, uh, and offer a Requiem for her. But today we're praying in Latin, as we always do on Friday, and uh, we'll be praying the, the Requiem. We have Requiems and Sicknesses on Friday, so that, that's, the, that's the structure that I've tried to give to it to guarantee that we do pray for the dead and the sick, and so many people have submitted illnesses, so pray for the sick as well. Uh, we have Requiems are in short, or in, uh, in short supply, actually. We've got this one, and then I've got another one next week. I uh, just had an email come in. Harambe said, I saw the email. Uh, so we will have that one next week, but then I'm open. I, the 16th, the 23rd, and then for the rest of the month, I've got no requiems to pray. So I encourage you to send those in, and uh, all your prayer requests to daily decade requests at proton.me. That's M for Michael, E for Elizabeth. Deca, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural at proton.me, at uh, protonmail.com, will also still work. You can also drop a line on Telegram. We're at the Daily Decad. Uh, that's, uh, if you want to type it into the URL, it's t.me slash the Daily Decad. Gab is at the Daily Decad as well. So you can look us up, you can look me up on Gab at the Daily Decad, or you can type it into the search bar, gab.com slash the Daily Decad. And finally, I'm on the Fediverse. And the instance that I use is postpoa.st, and that is poa.st slash at the Daily Decad. They do something odd there with the way that they structure things. But you can drop a line or send me a message on those. You can comment on the Telegram. I post an Oremus post every Sunday, so you can post on that, uh, and uh, or reply to that, rather, I should say. And uh, that will uh, allow you to submit your prayers, give me comments, give me feedback, criticism, anything that you have to offer. I'm always happy to have it. Uh, oh, and of course, the uh, the website, too. Pray the Rosary, everyday.wordpress.com. Uh, you, can, uh, you can go on there. Drop a comment. We have a regular commenter. Uh, I have a regular commenter uh, that I'm very grateful for. And uh, all the feedback that I get from all numerous sources. I have a couple of emails now, too. I guess it's email season. Telegram has dropped off. The emails have picked up. <laughs> and I'm happy to have them. So feel free to write in in all those means, all those methods, all those ways. 
and I am very, very happy to receive all of that. Um, so now we'll go ahead and uh, get our rosaries out. If you don't have one, I encourage you to procure one. And we will pray a decade of the Holy Rosary in Latin for the repose of the soul of the handmaiden of God, Marilyn. In nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Credo in Deum, Patrem Omnipotentum, Creatorum Ceri et Terre, et in Jesum Christum, Filius Eius Unicum, qui conceptus est de Spiritus Sancto, Natus ex Maria Virgine, Passus sub Pontio Pilato, Crucifixus, Mortus et Sepultus. Descendit ad inferos. Tertia die resurrexit ad mortuis, ascendit ad celum, sedet an dexterum, pat, dexterum patri dei, omnipoten, de, dei omnipotenti. Inde venturus est judicare vivos et mortuos. Credo in spiritum sanctum, sanctum ecclesium catholicum, sanctorum communionum, remissionum peccatorum, Resurrect, carnis resurrectionum et vitam eternum. Amen. Pater noster, qui es in ceri, sanctificere nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, via voluntas tua, sicut in cedo et in terra, panum nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimidi nobis da vita nostris, sicut et nos divinimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationum, sed libera nos amalum. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patria, Fidio et Spiritui Sancto, Sicur errat in principio, et nunc, et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. Tertium mysterium dolorosum, coronatio acerbissima spinarum salvatoris nostri. Pater noster, qui est in celi, sancta vicera nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum. Fia voluntas tua, sicur in cielo et in terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimidi nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimidimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, 
ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicur erat in principio, et nunc et semper et in saecula saeculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, vita dulcedo et spes nostre, salve. Ad te clamamus, exulis filia evi, Ad te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hac lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, ilos tuos misericordes oculos ad nos converte, et Jesum benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis postoc exilium ostende. O clemens, o pia, o dulce Virgo Maria. Ora pro nobis, sancta Dei genetrix, Ut digni officiamur permissionibus Christi. Oremus. Deus cuius anaginitus per vitam mortem et resurrectionem suam nobis salutis eterne premia comparabit, concide quesimus, ut hec mysteria sacratissimo beati Maria Virginis Rosario recolentes et imitemur quod continet et quod promitut asequamur. Per Christum, per eundum Christum Dominum nostrum. Amen. Requiem eternam, dona ea, domine, et lux perpetua ea lucet, et requiescat 
in pace. Sancte Michael Archangeli defendenos in proelo, contra nequisium et insidius diaboli esto presidium, imperideus, imperili Deus, supplices decrecamor, tuque princeps militae celestis, satana mariosque spiritus malignos, qui ad perditionem animarum pervagantur in mundo, divina virtute in infernum detrude. Amen. Sacritissimum cor Iesu, miserere nobis. Sacritissimum cor Iesu, miserere nobis. Sacritissimum cor Iesu, advenir regnum tuum. In nomine pacis, e fidi et spiritus sancti. Amen. Yeah. There are some areas in there where I'm going to have to, uh, have to do some clipping, so you're probably going to notice a little bit of a jump here and there where I've made slight mistakes, pause too long because we've got a little bit of uh, stuff going on on the road here, and I want to be able to travel safely uh, as, I'm, uh, as I'm doing this, and also be able to pause and remember the prayers uh, and make reference if I have to make reference and go back and then say the prayers. So uh, if there's a little bit of jumping around, that's why, as we continue to try to perfect this, uh, this whole process. It's, uh, you can feel confident that I am learning as you are learning. I have the prayers, I do the prayers regularly, but you get in the habit of praying with a prayer book, and sometimes the prayers, for some reason, I don't know whether it's because I just don't have room up there, or, or what the problem is, but I have a hard time with some memorization. I've got the creed down, getting real, real good at the closing prayer of the rosary. For some reason, though, that's St. Michael prayer, which I pray all the time. It just does not want to stick up in my head for some reason. I don't know why. It's, uh, I have no doubt that the devil is to blame uh, to a greater or lesser extent for that. Uh, but uh, whatever the case may be, here we are. Today we are reflecting on the third sorrowful mystery, which is the crowning of thorns. I have an excellent book that I use when I'm reflecting on the rosary, and I've used a couple of the different methods of reflection recently, and I found them to be very rewarding, and that's where this one came from. It's called Rosary Warfare. You can get it. I've, I've talked about it before, and it, it really is an exquisite little book uh, for use with the rosary. It, it gives you insights that you might otherwise not have, and this was one of them. It occurred to me as I was because the reflection guide that they give for that this particular book gives for this meditation, one of the points when you're talking about the crowning of thorns, my meditations have always stayed in the prison or in the dungeon where Christ has been taken after the flogging with the soldiers and them, them pleading the, the crown, slamming it on his head, uh, throwing that dirty red robe around him. And, you know, this is the, the, the icon in the east that you see is the man of, of sorrows, uh, which is Christ holding the reed, his hands bound, uh, with the robe and the crown of thorns on him. And this is a, a common theme in the west as well. I don't know that it has a name in the west, uh, but the, all the icons in the east are named. And the name of this particular icon is the man of sorrow. That's where I've always located my meditations. It's where I've always stayed whenever I meditate on the, on the crowd of thorns. And this meditation that I read took me away, took me out of there. 
and it, it took me alongside Christ to pilot. And it was the first time I'd ever really thought about it. When Christ stands with Pilate before the, the masses, before the crowd, the mob, Pilate says, Behold the man. Behold your king. Eche homo. Eche rex. There's a term he uses. But the Latin has escaped me. And it struck me that this, the actual, so I decided to look it up. I grabbed my copy of the Vulgate, and I looked through it. And while the last Eche in the Gospel of St. John is actually um, uh, Eche uh, uh, Filius Tuos, uh, which is what he says to, um, or Eche, Eche, uh, um, Eche Mater Tua, which he says to St. John, Behold thy mother. This is out when he's on the cross, and he says to the Blessed Mother, Behold thy son, woman, behold thy son, and then turns to the, the disciple, the beloved disciple, and says, Behold thy mother. That's actually the last spoken ecce in St. John's Gospel. But the last ecce that refers to, or this, this, this word, this Latin word for behold, the last one of these that refers to Christ is ecce homo, behold the man. The first ecce referring to Christ in the Gospel of St. John is Ecce Agnus Dei, Ece Quipolitolis Peccatamundi, Behold the Lamb of God, Behold Him that taketh away the sins of the world, as spoken by St. John, St. John the Baptist, when he sees Christ. And I, I thought that that was a, a, an interesting book and a, a powerful pairing for us to reflect on when we reflect on the crowning of thorns. The first time that we are introduced to Christ in the Gospel of St. John, strictly speaking, we are introduced to him as the Word. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's how we're introduced to Christ. But when we see him at the beginning of the narrative of his earthly ministry, we are introduced to him as the Lamb of God, he who taketh away the sins of the world. Now the people that John was writing to would have recognized this immediately because they would have understood the concept of sacrifice. We live in a world today without sacrifice. We don't have a concept of religious sacrifice the way that the ancients did, the way that our ancestors, even fairly recently, uh, had a concept of physical sacrifice as a means of either appeasement of, God, of the gods or of appeal to them, but usually of appeasement or appeal. In the specific case of the Hebrews, it was always an offering that was made in atonement. And that's ultimately what the sacrifice of the cross is. It's a sacrifice of atonement to make up for ill, for deeds, for wrong that was done. Now, the Hebrews are not the only people to offer sacrifices of atonement. The pagans do as well, if they, are, if they uh, offend a god in some way, perhaps uh, not caring for a temple or uh, chopping down a sacred grove or something like that. Uh, you have sacrifices of atonement. These sacrifices of atonement satiate the very human 
inclinations of these various gods. They're very human, not because humans necessarily made them up, but because the demons know what vices plague us, and therefore they encourage those vices. And since we read in the Psalms that all the gods of the Gentiles are devils, we know that the pagan idols are demons. So they're going to use human vices as a means of portraying themselves and making themselves comprehensible to their human audience. And as a result, many of the gods of the various heathen races have uh, very human characteristics. They're almost sympathetic. Imagine that, a demon making himself sympathetic. Who'd have thought? We know that they are satiated by these sacrifices. Now, they sometimes demand darker sacrifices and are often given them. The Phoenicians used to sacrifice their babies in the way we now do too. And by we, I mean Western civilization, not Christians necessarily. But this is a sacrifice. A sacrifice can be understood as a sacrifice by the one who is offering the victim to be sacrificed uh, as well as one who is receiving it. When people heard that Christ was the Lamb of God, what St. John is saying there, they know what, they're, what, what he's saying very clearly, that Christ represents a sacrifice, a sacrifice of atonement. John is always in the presence of God mentally. He understands what he is supposed to do from the very earliest age, since he was cleansed of original sin in the womb by the presence of Christ, this in the visitation, John has known what he is supposed to do. And he understands God's plan as much as he needs to in order to execute it. And so when he presents Christ and says, Behold the Lamb of God, behold him that taketh away the sins of the world, Agnus Dei. He is teaching his disciples the basic doctrine of the sacrifice of the cross because he is not worldly. He understands Christ primarily and, and, and therefore the Christian life primarily as one of sacrifice. And then we get to the end of the story. Christ is about to go and do and be what St. John says that he is, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world, the sacrifice of atonement on the cross. He is about to go and complete this work, and he is presented again to the people. H.A. Homo, H.A. Rex, behold the man, behold the king. And the people reject him. And in this is a lesson for us as we reflect on Christ. We are all too ready to accept the gifts of God that he gives us in sacrifice. We are all too ready to accept the forgiveness and the mercies of God. And when John says, Behold, he that taketh away the sins of the world, his followers seek out Christ and follow him. Behold, the king.
and the answer that comes from the crowd is, cruci is crucify him. It's a commentary in so many words on our willingness to accept authority from God, accept God's law, and our unwillingness, or rather our, uh, our unwillingness to accept God's will and God's authority and God's law, and our deep abiding desire to have God's mercy. On the one hand, you have the arbiter of justice, the king of the world, Christ, who is rightly called the king. And he says to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would come and fight for me. And it says afterwards in the gospel that after that, Pilate sought by all means to release him. Pilate's not a stupid man. He understands who Christ is. He understood, he's, he has a concept for, a God, for an incarnate God. He has a concept for a son of a God. Heracles is a, was worshipped as a God because he was the son of a God. You have Romans that believe themselves to be descended from God. Julius Caesar belonged to Gens Julii. The Julii were supposed to have been direct descendants of Aeneas, who was the son of Venus. And they make a big deal out of that. The Gens Julii, all of the Gens Julii make a big deal out of that. The family, Gens Julii is the, is the clan, the Julian clan, is what that, is what that means in Latin. A Gens is a, or it can be used in multiple ways, ethnicity, clan, tribe, what have you. It is ultimately the root of our English word Gentiles, Gens Gentis. This is why oftentimes you'll see that translated as the nations. The nation's rage in, in the Psalms, you see that. That's Jens Gentis. So he had a concept as a Roman of people who were directly descendant of gods. When he had heard that Christ might be a direct descendant of a god, that he might be God, they might that he might be a god in, in human flesh, in human form. Well, he did not want anything to do with any of this. And he, and he sought immediately to get away from it. But he, because of his pagan understanding, he thought that he could, get, he could wash himself of the responsibility, and that would be enough to satiate these very human deities. And we, as humans, we look at Pilate, we see him wash his hands, and say, I want no part of this. If you're going to do this, you're going to do this without me. And he walks away. And we, as humans, are frankly sympathetic to Pilate and why wouldn't we be he doesn't want any part of this and he washes his hands he makes it very public to everybody he wants no part of this so why is he at fault it's very easy to be sympathetic to Pilate because of how human he is but it's also very uh, it's in it's in this it's the very human decision of his that you see his vice which is cowardice manifest. Pilate is a coward, and his cowardice is what ultimately sends Christ to the cross. Pilate forgets his own words, or he doesn't believe them. Do you not know that I have the power to crucify you or to release you? Christ understands, and he says you would have no power, but it be given you. Now, when Christ says that, he means given by God. 
when Pilate hears that, he hears, given by Caesar. And power given by Caesar is dependent on the ability to pacify the people, especially when you have a colony full of people who are ready to rebel against Roman rule at any time and cut taxes off. And so Pilate acts accordingly, according to his worldly understanding. The people reject the authority of God. They reject the authority of Christ, as we often do. We can reject the authority of God, the authority of Christ. We can reject his justice. Christ has a perfect concept of justice. And accept only his mercy, or seek only his mercy and his forgiveness and not worry about the justice side of things. And when we do that, we are like the Jews who say, his blood be on us and on our children. That's, the, that's, the, that's what the Pharisees said. That's the crowd, their, their response. Because that's what happens when you go seeking the mercy of God and you don't desire his justice and his authority. You don't accept responsibility you still have, the blood can be physically washed off Pilate's hands. It can never be washed off in spirit. He cannot evade this responsibility. The blood is on his head because he has sought to run from the authority to whom he actually answers, which is God, not Caesar, God. And so my prayer is that all of us will always recall that our ultimate purpose is to serve God's justice, to glorify him in this way, and to accept his mercy only insofar as it is a fulfillment of that same justice. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The moon is the symbol of Our Lady. The moon is for those in darkness. And I think in a special way for sinners. So that if we but look to her, who is the moon, and derives all light from the sun, they would never fall into an abyss. Now this is the rosary.